0: This is Sarah and Courtney, and you're listening to Say It Southern. Aspiring to live not just as moms, but as modern Southern women, we began this project to hear from those who inspire us and recognize those who are achieving their own personal goals. Listen in as we celebrate the South and those who say it
1: Southern. Renaissance Bank is a true Southern bank that started in Tupelo, Mississippi, 115 years ago. With over 190 locations scattered throughout the Southeast, there's a good chance there's a Renaissance location near you. Their roots are so deep in the South that they were actually called the best bank in the South by money.com last year. If you're looking for a new bank, Renaissance Bank is definitely worth checking out. Visit renaissancebank.com to learn more.
0: I'm so excited to have Mary Hyatt here with me today. Mary, you're like one of
2: our favorites. Man, I tell you what, I feel like I was really excited. I was telling Bentley, I was like, I'm going back. I'm like, yeah, but I'm going back for a second episode. I was like, this is a real deal. <laughs>
0: I know. It's like the sequel. I'm excited. But listen, you wouldn't believe. So the Body of Belly was the episode that we did with you the first time. And I mean, yeah. people are still writing us about that, that episode. Yeah. I mean, does it ever go away? No. I
2: mean, no. (laughs) That's why it's like, oh, forever be relevant. So
0: yeah, the bodybuilding never goes away. It's always relevant. It's always something that we can talk about, much like the topic today of navigating Mm -hmm. family functions in the next few weeks here.
2: Oh boy, here we go. Right?
0: (laughs) So I know you talk about this a lot on your show about how to, we need you for all the things, how different the your personality types, you know, interfere with like what's going on with your family and who you're around. I mean, we'll just dive. Let's just dive in.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I love that we're talking about this because number one, I, so I just led a retreat, um, about goal setting for the, for the new year. So we're all kind of like thinking about January coming into play. And it was so interesting. Everybody came into that workshop, like, so exhausted. Like I'd never seen that level of exhaustion. And leading that event, I had to like really rally and like bring up the energy. But I was like, oh my gosh, everyone is walking into the holiday season totally fatigued. Depleted. Like just depleted. Depleted. And, and yes. it was like not even burnt out. No. Just fatigued. Yes. Like we're freaking tired. <laughs> I know. And I think that just goes for everybody. And so it's interesting because In a family dynamic, typically it's like, you know, you got the one problem uncle or like, you know, the dynamics, but everything is charged in a way that it never has. Just for the fact that like we're so tired that our little annoyances, our little like issues that we have with our siblings or our parents or our grandparents or aunts or uncles or however, you know, however many people are going to be in the house. It's like all those little things are now extra annoying yeah. Because we just don't have the bandwidth to handle what we normally could. So I think that's important to acknowledge and just sort of go like, number one, we're all going to need some serious grace this mm, season, like mm, more than we've ever needed. Like, mm-hmm. let's start with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Everything it feels, everything that should be a three or four on the register, on the Richter is like yeah seven and an eight. Totally. Yeah. Maybe like a nine or a (laughs) 10. Yeah. I mean, definitely. And even if you're prone to a little anxiousness, it's only going to be heightened. So, okay.
2: Yeah. We need, we need grace. We need grace. And I think too, there's a couple other things at play. Like one is the fact that for a lot of people, there's real grief happening. Mm. Like grief for the holidays, not being what they normally are. Like whatever your typical, traditions are. Like maybe you go and you get to see the lights at some favorite little mall or hotel or whatever. Like you're not doing the things that you would normally do. Not to mention if you have people that you know that are sick or that have passed or that you can't like physically be with them this year. Like you guys were talking about quarantine Christmas. Like that's real grief. And it's not just like, oh, you can't handle it. It's like that's actual grief. Grief over what was, it will never be the same. Grief over missing out on all these special things. And just the fact that there's grief over this whole year kind of coming to this culmination of the holidays where we're supposed to be excited. We're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to be like doing all these things that almost feel like, why are we even doing this yeah. this year? Like it almost feels in some ways like pointless. So I think we need to give ourselves space, give other people space to. Have some grief and let ourselves process that without the expectation that it's going to be like every other holiday where we're just like yay, like happy, happy, happy. Like at least for me, I haven't even decorated for Christmas yet. Like I haven't had it to get, I'm going to do it tomorrow, but it's just like, do I have to? Yeah, <laughs> do I really have to. <laughs> and don't
0: you think that there's guilt buried in there
2: somewhere too? Yeah. Well, because we look on social media, Ugh. and it and it looks like everybody is just having a great year and somehow it's, we're going, why can't I handle this? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Kathy down the street, I mean, she's got her lights up, you know, she's got all this going on and why can't I get my stuff together to make it happen? I didn't send out Christmas cards this year. I haven't even decorated for Christmas. So there, I think there's a lot of that like unrealistic comparison going on and there can also be guilt over just the relief that maybe it, is different. And that feels good. Like, like I know for a lot of people, I checked in about Thanksgiving and they were like, I actually loved that. I didn't have to spend it with my family. Like, (laughs) and then there's guilt around that, you know, just because it's like, oh, this is kind of nice that it's like just us this year. So yeah, that's, there's a lot going on there. Let's unpack that a little bit because
0: it's, it's almost like pressure versus guilt. Like they're in this cage fight, right? About, right.
2: (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah, it's this weird like holding let's, both together Yeah, in the same way. A and, conundrum. And I think too, like we've always, let's just be honest. Like I think we've always felt resentful for the things that we have to do around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Like over committing, saying yes to everything, having to be everything for every person, like making sure everyone around you is taken care of and their needs are met before your own. So there's that. So it's sort of like, even in that it's this weird dichotomy between the resentment but also you know your role, you know your place, you know what to do. You feel like good that people w- are looking to you to create this whole thing. I mean, I think as women it's sort of like okay, you're responsible for all the the holiday cheer. Yes, you're the <laughs> matriarch, so, you've got
0: the casserole, you're the person with yeah. the thing.
2: Yeah, and so this year, it's this weird thing of like missing that, but also so happy to not have to do all of it. Yes. So it's just like, I think, I think in, the, in a lot of ways, we're just a little bit lost. Yes, but it, like, that is but, a normal. Yeah, right. <laughs> How crazy is it?
0: I know. I think mean, it's just like a I big know. brain explosion because that is the <sighs> normal to feel both sides of, of that tug of war. Yeah, it is.
2: And I think because of the year that we've had, we're all of a sudden questioning more than ever what's important. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this stuff that we used to spend our time doing just sort of feels pointless or stupid or a waste of time. It's like, I've seen so, so many mothers this year being like, I'm not doing it on the shelf, not doing it. Mm-hmm. Like not important. Don't mm-hmm. have the bandwidth, like it's going out the window. And so it's just this weird thing of being like, where, where am I? Where am I? in all of this, like, I don't care, but I'm supposed to care. I don't know. It's just a weird, it's a weird year. It's a weird year.
0: Not to mention how everybody feels about the pandemic, right? So, I mean, like we mentioned before, there's, I mean, there's so many things, extra added pressures to the holidays this year, but just
2: even the pandemic, right? Ugh, it's, It's managing so many people's beliefs, their values, their expectations, their fears, their anxieties. And so I think this is where if we're not careful and if we're not choosing to like ground in and connect in, we are going to just be a casualty in this whole thing, like emotionally, because we're not speaking up for ourselves. So I think first, I think Mm -hmm. what's so important to do is to slow down and check in. And this is great to do for yourself, but also if you're married, great to do with your spouse to get on the same page is to go, okay, we recognize the fact that this is going to be different. And what are we comfortable with? Like, where are we at with how we feel about the pandemic, about masks, about whatever, because the reality is like, we can only control ourselves. And so if we can have that conversation ahead of time, like now, like whenever you're hearing this, it's time (laughs) like tonight, do it. Um, because the, the, the longer we wait to do that, the more opportunity there is for other people's agendas to take over our holidays. And so if we can go, okay, how do we want to go through this? If we know like the most important thing is let's say you decide it's quality time or the most important thing is you decide your safety. Like it's gonna be different depending on where you're at in your life um, or to make memories or whatever. Then you can design it going into it in a way that where you're gonna feel comfortable versus finding yourself in a situation where you're like, I am not okay with this, but like we're in it and we don't know how to get out of it. Yes. Like it's better to sort of think about it ahead of time and go, okay, what are all the crazy potential things that could go down with uncle Joe or whomever. And like, what do we know that we're comfortable with and what do we have the emotional bandwidth to handle? Because like I said, you might decide, um, on a normal time you can handle uncle Joe, but like this year and his rants on politics or whatever, you're like, I just, we're not doing it. So either he's not invited or we're not going to show up.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think
2: that it's, I think it's really helpful to just go, where do we stand and what is this holiday season going to be for us? And starting with that conversation to sort of be the, whatever the, the measuring stick for all the decisions that are going to be coming in. You'll kind of know how to make them because you've had that first conversation to begin with. And then maybe set some boundaries around those things. Absolutely. Boundaries have never been more important than (laughs) they are now. And, This is hard for Southern women. Yes. You better preach on this, Mary. You better preach right now. Listen, let's talk about saying no. Let's talk about it. Because this is something that we as Southern women have been taught not to say. (laughs) We have been taught how to say yes. We have been taught how to be agreeable. We've been taught to just be a people pleaser. We've been taught to overextend. You know, when Sandra comes up and says, hey, can you bake, you know, four dozen cookies by tomorrow? Sure. You know, like, okay, I got it. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a lot of practice. And yet this is a tool we need to pull out of our dusty toolbox to use right now. And that is learning how to say no. And I kind of want to go through, can I go through a couple like Please. examples of what this looks like? Okay. So I think this is kind of fun because I shouldn't say fun. It's it's not fun, but it's cool to kind of recognize you have some options in how you say no so oftentimes there's that saying, and we think this is the only option, which is no is a complete sentence. And just imagine for a moment saying no, and then not saying anything. Like somebody says, Hey, can you do something? And you go, no. <laughs> no, mic drop. <laughs> yeah. Like that would be the best case scenario. Level 10. You've would. done this for like 20 years. Yeah. Okay. But we're not there. So let's back it up a little bit. Okay. So to me, the first piece of this is, um, making an excuse. So like this is, so I'm going to, I'm going to baby step this. Okay. So this is like, if you haven't done this a lot, I'm going to give you some grace here. And so you can start with using the word, but like, um, I'd really love to, but Yep in whatever that looks like, I'm swamped. I'm overcommitted. Um, I have, a, I have a conflict. I know that for me, when I started learning how to use my voice to say no, I, y'all, I lied. Like I'd be like, I would just make up something like a to dog. Get me out of a situation. Like a dog. Yes. You have to sometimes when you like, when, like when, you, when you're not comfortable using your voice, mm-hmm. like you get a you get a pass because Agreed. this is like the baby step. Mm-hmm. You'll get there. It'll, it, it gets more comfortable over time but this is kind of the graduation to the next way of saying no is to create a buffer. So you'll say like, Oh my gosh, thanks so much for thinking about me or that sounds great or whatever. Um, However, can I get back to you in 24 hours? Let me think about it. Or I'm going to go, you know, digest this. Let me see if if I had the energy for it. I'll get back to you on Monday. I'm going to have the weekend to think about it. You create this like little time buffer so you don't have to answer right away because typically we get ourselves in trouble when like somebody says, Hey, can you do something? And we just go, sure. And we don't like actually check in with ourselves to see, do I have the time? Do I have the energy? Where am I at financially? Whatever. So I think that's a big piece of this journey is learning how to create that time buffer. You don't have to have an answer in that immediate moment. Like you can take the space and the time to go back and like actually slow down. And like, most likely it's probably going to be a no at that point. Like if you, if you aren't Really, like, if it's not like a hell yes, like, you're just like, oh, my gosh, it sounds amazing. It's going to probably be a no, but you might need a little bit of time to drum up some courage to go back and then have something to present. Mm-hmm. And then once you've graduated from that place, that's where you really can, like, say more of that, you know, no, I so appreciate you asking me, though. And like you, that's but going straight
0: more. into it like that would be amazing. Yeah. said, I'm a time person. I'm like, let me think about it. Let me let me see what all I've got. And sometimes oh. I really am seeing what all I've got. And then I go, okay, I've got margin for that. I could do that. And sometimes right. I'm like, I can't. I've got, we've got softball. We've got this. we got this. And I just can't.
2: Yeah. Well, and right now, it's like, if you think about this, like every yes means you're no saying to no to something else. A
0: hundred percent.
2: Yeah. And so right now, it's like, I know for me, I've had to be so strong in my boundaries with work. Like I know my, my last day at work as an entrepreneur, I think it's really important. It's like, I know that I'm going to need some time to recharge this holiday season. For sure. And typically, you know, I may have more energy than I do this time. I'm giving myself even more time and I am like sticking to my guns and not scheduling anything for those days off. Like, no, 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 no. And I think it's important to think about that. Like, can you actually create some space to take some days off? Like not just Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but like, is there a little bit of space there where you like, don't commit to anything? And I don't even just mean work. I mean, whatever else, just staying home. I think what's so great is when you finally graduate to this point where you really can say a little bit more like, hey, no, but thanks so much for thinking about me. And it's just, it's not like, no, and there's nothing else, but that's sort of like, to me, the top of the, the graduation, you get your, you know, diploma is like when you can literally say no without having an explanation as to why not, without needing some extra time to come back, you know like, hey, this is a no. And thanks for thinking of me. Yeah. I love that.
0: I think it's I would do like because- 20 pushups after I said that too. Cause I would just feel like <laughs> I could run through a brick wall.
2: <laughs> it's like so liberating. Oh my God. It's just amazing because we have to create space to say no more often this holiday season, because if we don't, like if we keep saying yes to things, then we have to say no to the things that really matter. And if we're just like in that in that place where we're compulsively saying yes, all of a sudden, I mean, other people run your whole life, not to mention the holiday seasons. And I love this quote from Brene Brown. I think if I can remember it correctly, because I think it sums this up perfectly and she says something like uh, compassion means that you say yes when you really mean it and no most of the time Mm. and then she says um, you can't be generous and loving when you feel run over and taken advantage of yes Brene I mean preach it sister no joke so it's good. so true
0: though, right? It's, it's, I mean, everybody, you hear your best yes. Your best yes is when you're fully committed to something and not just out of obligation, not your 70% yes. You right. know, not your 40% yes. Cause I can do a lot at 40. I can do a whole heck of a lot at 40%.
2: Totally. Yeah. But and but I'm halfway out the door when I'm doing it, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about that. I mean, it's just like then you're then you're angry. Yeah. Then you're pissed off. Then you're yeah. resentful. Just frustrated. Just, yeah. It depletes you. It
0: really does. Yeah. You know, I try to pick a word every year at the beginning of my year to just, this Mm -hmm. is actually, it's not every year. It's every year, my birthday I started when I was 27, I'm 41 now. And I have my little written things like the year of, um, of being intentional, the year of power, the year of, you know, guilt, guilt, dealing with my guilt. And Mm. one of them, the most impactful year for me were boundaries. And Gosh. I'm talking about hard lines drawn that I have never, because I will tell you this, my dad is a pastor. And so growing up in a pastor's family, all your, all your stuff is public, first of all, right? Right. And right. so, you know, and I, I mean, my dad is dear to me, but I mean, I watched him leave the dinner table to go and help somebody else because that, that's what he was called to do. But, yeah. but <laughs> saying that, a lot of boundaries were blurred. And I'm the oldest of four, so, you know, I'm very type A, um, Enneagram 1, Enneagram 7 on a good day. I switch back and forth. And so (laughs) control is very much my thing. And and when somebody says, hey, I'm going to drop by, yeah, come on. You know, and sometimes Uh. I'm like, so the year of the boundary was so earth-shattering for me.
2: Uh, Oh, I'm sure.
0: And I wish I would have done it at 20 years old. Yeah. You know, um, we don't allow ourselves to have those and, and I don't, and that's not fair. And I don't know why we don't do that,
2: Mary. There's a lot, I mean, there's a lot to that. I mean, ultimately, I mean, it's when we think about our role as women, we'll just start there. And just, I mean, I think this is true for no matter what your gender is, but I think as women, we've been, been taught from day one, like you don't get boundaries. You don't get boundaries with your body, with your kids. They can hang on you 24 seven nurse whenever they want to. I mean, it's like, there's like from the get go, there's no boundaries. You're right. And quote unquote, a good woman is people pleasing is a yes. Woman is agreeable. Um, so to have a voice to say, Hey, I'm not okay with that. Or even just like, Hey, I'm not available right now, or I'm not available for that. I mean, that we're not taught these things. And so like, I know that for me and for, for my family, like a big thing that we've had to create a boundary around is, and just tying back to our body bully episode of like, we don't talk about people's weight when we get together as a family. Diets are off limits. Um, sizes of your clothes is off, off limits. Commenting on somebody's appearance is off limits. And that's a boundary. Like, I had to state that my other sister, we, we kind of got in the cahoots with each other. And we were like, we need to, like, set this as a tone for our family that when we get together, we, we don't talk about any of this stuff. I love that. And I think that it, it's powerful because inevitably you have someone, and it's like, you know, usually an older relative mm-hmm. um, who comments, oh, you've gained a little weight this year. Or, oh, you know, your face is looking rounder or whatever. <laughs> and, like, let's, let's be honest. I mean, if you haven't gained weight this year. Yeah. Who even are you? Who, who are you? I mean, yeah. it's just part of the trauma that we've experienced. It's a real thing. And so to, to be able to say, again, this kind of goes back to what are those potential things that might happen at a family function and what boundaries do we need to set up ahead of time and being willing in the moment, it's okay to say, hey, I'm not willing to talk about that. Like if somebody brings up politics hey, I'm not willing to, to get into that with you. You know, it's just too dicey. Like, can we change the subject? Mm-hmm. There are going to be so many of those moments this year of things that like people's opinions about the vaccine, people's opinions about the election, people's opinions about, I mean, God knows what, everything. And so it's like, we need to exercise our right to say like, I'm not willing to talk about that X, Y, Z. Topic, subject, whatever. And we, need sort of, we sort of need to know like, We don't have to take the bait. Mm. We can, we can say like, I'm just not willing to talk about this. And if we need to, we can get up, go to a different room, leave early from the function. If you're, you know, if you're traveling, if you are going to to your families, you can leave if you need to. I mean, I think that we have to remember that we're the ones responsible for our experience. It's not up to anybody else to make sure that we're not offended or whatever. It's like, that's on us to communicate like, Hey, something's been crossed here. I'm not okay with that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and it's also having that courage to be able to say that too without without feeling like you're going to be ostracized because you're the Democrat in the room or right. you know, whatever, yeah. you're pro-vaccine. <laughs> Using your voice, going back to that and drawing those boundaries around your beliefs and right. that that's really who we are. So I guess, you know, I guess my question is, I guess we've been taught to push all of our own things under the table and just so we can sit down and have mashed potatoes together, you know, but if we peel the bear, the, if we pull back the layers of the onion, getting to the real root of the issue, it's okay to be who you are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that has to come from you first. Yeah. Like I think that knowing like if I walk into a situation and know that I'm going to probably be the one with a different opinion or a different belief I got to get real solid in myself first because if I'm going and bringing something to the family like this used to happen for me like I was like I'm going to finally show my family that this is the light you know like this is the right thing and just hoping and like naively just thinking that they go oh my god Mary thank you so much we didn't know I'm so happy you have yes thank you for teaching us (laughs) <laughs> it's not going to happen, right? So it's like, I can't go for to my family looking for external validation. Bam. I can't go to them and say, make sure that, that you agree with me that makes whoever I am worthy of love and belonging. No, I've got to be sure of that walking in the door that if there's a disagreement, if there's an argument, it has no bearing on my lovability, no Ooh. bearing on who I am, no bearing on my worth and value. It's just a difference of opinion and everybody gets to have that. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's some deep work, honestly, like to, to get to that place. But I think again, if we can go, okay, this is, this is who I am. This is what I'm okay with. This is what I'm not okay with. And honestly, if you feel like it feels scary to have those conversations in real time, because I know for me, like my voice would just shake and my, my temptation would just be to Again, go quiet. Yeah. So it's a great idea to have these conversations ahead of time. So an idea is you could literally like write a family memo beforehand and say like, hey, you know, we're coming for Christmas and, you know, I would really appreciate if, you know, we didn't talk about politics because I know we're all on different pages and I think it would be a better experience if we just had that off the table. Can everybody agree to that? like creating some agreements, like would everybody be okay if we just left that out of the equation? Mm -hmm. And then kind of knowing that if that gets violated, like if that boundary gets broken, then you sort of have your way of responding ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Like kind of just anticipate it probably will get broken. Somebody's going to bring it up just because it's such a hot topic. Then you sort of know when this happens, you know, your exit plan you know what you might say like you want to rehearse it ahead of time so that you're not caught in a situation and you're going oh my god I thought we discussed this and they're totally you know come in and they're blindsiding me with this oh my god it's like you kind of anticipate the worst and know what your response is going to be ahead of time that's so smart yeah that's so so you're gonna have to sit down and journal it out guys like (laughs) take take like an hour before now before Christmas and journal this stuff out um Because even in our best, this is tricky. And right now we're just not at our best. And so it's even more imperative that we slow down and think about it beforehand. Going back to that
0: Grace comment that you said at the beginning, though, I mean, if we can put that before everything else. Yeah. It's going to really, it's going to get us through. Just like you did your executive planning day when we were talking about 2021 and I mean, we can carry these things through the holidays, right? So we can carry these things on into 2021 and know that it's not going to be magically fixed at 1201 January 1st. Right. right.
2: Well, I think that the biggest thing was recognizing that we have to decide how we're going to feel, mm-hmm. how we want to feel. So our feeling is what we have control over. Like a lot of people think that they don't have any say so over their emotions and they would blame other people. Like so-and-so made me feel upset. So-and-so made me angry. So, you know, this is making me anxious. This is making me afraid. Like, like it's out of your control and something, somebody or something is being done to you that is causing this emotional reaction. So I think the first piece of this is recognizing, no, I have a say-so in what my emotional experience is going to be. And this goes for your business, this goes for 2021, and this goes for holidays. Like, if I want to experience joy, I'm not going to just happen upon joy. Like, it's not going to just magically happen. Because if that were the case... Then it's dependent on everything being just perfect. Right. Everything going just right in the way that I imagine it in my head. And then I'll feel joyful. Or if nobody, you know, comes and says XYZ to me, then I can experience joy. <laughs> so we know here's, here's your that. paper.
0: Don't talk about these things.
2: Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I mean, what a setup. I mean, you're you're screwed at that point because Inevitably, something's going to fall apart. Something's going to go wrong. Something, somebody's going to say something. But if I know that I have agency over my emotional state, that I am able to get to a place of joy, literally no matter what is happening, that's what I want to slow down and think about. Number one, how do I want to feel? So going into the holidays, this is great. And this carries over into next year, kind of like what you were talking about, Courtney, with the, your word for the year. It's perfect. Like, but if we go, how do I want to feel? And I would narrow that down to like three, four, five, like core feelings. And I've learned this through Danielle Laporte. Um, She's a beautiful author. She has a book called The Desire Map, and she talks about core desired feelings. And so when we can kind of like that dictate how we show up, all of a sudden we have this roadmap of is this decision, is this choice helping me feel more of XYZ, more joy, more expansion, more, um, fulfillment. And if it's not, I've got to say no to it. I've got to get out of that environment. I need to, you know, somehow change it up to where I I move towards those feelings more and more. So when we go into the holiday season, it's like, again, slowing down. How do I want to feel? Like, do I want to feel generous? Do I want to feel gracious? Do I I want to feel connected? Do I want to feel open? Do I want to feel wholehearted? Do I want to feel um, just grateful? Well, that happens when we're intentional about it. That happens when we identify and get clarity around how we want to feel first. And then we can ask ourselves, okay, in this moment, how can I move towards more connectedness, more gratitude, more openness, more expansion? And that helps us say yes to things, say no to things, be more present in the moment and really like begin to design our life to allow us to feel how we want to feel. So our goals end up being the way towards the feeling, not achieving the goal to get the feeling. It's like the other way around, if that makes sense.
0: It makes total sense. And I need you just to move in with me and tell me all these things all the time. (laughs) Okay, done.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So in with that, it's kind of fun because once you can identify these feelings, you can sort of look at like, what have you been doing? This is sort of the reflection part. Like, what have you been doing this year that's robbed you of feeling that way? What are the things that like suck your energy? (laughs) Yes. Like there's probably a laundry list. Like for me, a big one for me was like my environment. And that was sucking out, it was like the clutter and the, the, the mess was really causing me to feel extra anxious, more chaotic. Like, you know, not only is there not order in the world right now in my like micro home right here where I'm at, it's like, it was disheveled. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't yeah. understand how much that affected my mental health and was robbing me from feeling the way that I really want to feel, which was at peace. Yes. Yes. And so understanding and recognizing and kind of looking back and reflection of going, okay, what is taking me further away from these core desired feelings that I want more than anything, and then starting to either eliminate them. If it's something that you hate doing, delegate. Maybe it is like, I got to get out of this job or an abusive relationship, or, I mean, it could be big stuff too. Um, those are the things that like, whatever you're tolerating in your life is is taking you away from feeling the way you want to feel and so starting to sort of own that responsibility of like okay this setup something here I've agreed to and I'm now into new awareness that I don't want to be in agreement with that anymore I don't want to tolerate this anymore and we got to start doing some house cleaning literally and figuratively to make space for next year of how we want to feel
0: you know, and it's funny because I feel like control sometimes has a negative connotation with the word, right? That it means right. like that you're this, I don't know, angry, um, warlord almost, but it's yeah, like yeah. with all the chaos surrounding us outside, it's like, what, what is going to make you,
2: and, and I don't even know when it was a synonym for control. Like well, what I was just about to say, like certainty. Yes. Like with so much uncertainty, we want to feel certainty. We want to feel security. Yes. We want to feel safe, I think is a big one. And when stuff is all over the place, I can't feel safe. It's like my nervous system can't relax. Mm-hmm. And so when, when our nervous systems are running hot and we're reactive and we're, you know, being hit with one thing after another, after another, and we're sort of in that survival brain where it's fight, flight, or freeze, Yeah. we need things around us that do feel certain, that do feel safe, that do feel secure. And that's a great way of looking at it versus the negative control. It's like, no, no, no. I need to know that like, there's something that I can ground to that. I've got some feet here and then I'm not just going all over the place with the crazy energy of the world. Exactly. So if you can get to a place where you, cause I think that's what
0: everybody wants with their family. That's what everybody wants with their holidays. They want to be able to look at these people across the room with their same DNA, right? And go, I get that we're totally different, but I just want to feel safe. I just want to feel accepted. I just want to feel affirmed. I want to feel seen and heard. You know,
2: if we can get to that place. Can I be real honest for a second? Please. I feel like for most people, it's not going to happen. I know. You know, like I think I think that is a beautiful desire. Yeah, but I think that that can be tricky because I think that even though every person deserves that, like one hundred percent for their family, like we won't get there. Absolutely, that should be like a given. You know, yeah, you shouldn't ever have to want for any of that. Um, But most of us do, and so I think if we can understand that desire and like really like lovingly go this is something that's been missing or this is something I really, really want from this season. And all I wanted to do was just like go home. You know, it's like that feeling of like, I want to go home and I want my mom to like stroke my hair and tell me I'm okay. And everything's going to be all right, but that's probably not going to happen. So Mm -hmm. let's first acknowledge you want it. Second, let's acknowledge that it's probably not going to happen so that you can give yourself space to grieve versus, yeah, like, being set up and then being so heartbroken. And again, miracles happen. And there are some families that are really healthy and you could probably voice that. Like in my family, we're, we're pretty amazing. We've all gone to a lot of therapy. And so I could literally say that probably to my family and just say, you know, I really want this experience. How can we create that together? And that would be a beautiful conversation. But if that's not the case, we have to learn how to self-validate And be able to turn that back around to ourselves and say, I see you, Mary. That's so important, Mary. Mary." Yes. Like you matter, Mary. Like, I've got to be able to do that for myself.
0: Yes. If if
2: I'm not gonna get that from my family, like no matter what's going on, if I feel misunderstood, I want to be able to turn to myself and say, But I get you. I get you more than anybody. Mm -hmm. And like you're okay and you're so loved because I love you. And like that self-validation. Not that again. It makes up for not getting it elsewhere, but it's the way to get through it. One hundred percent. Yeah. Ugh. That is so good. No, I, I think we have to acknowledge that there's a piece of this that's heartbreaking. Mm. And to be able, like, in how we see ourselves, and how we know ourselves, and how we look at ourselves and say, "I see you. I hear you. You matter," is acknowledging that that is sad. Like, it's sad that I can't have the relationship I want with a family member or that my mom or my dad or my sisters can't meet me where I'm at or get how I might see something that's going on in the world from my unique point of view. Like, I think we have to just acknowledge it's heartbreaking. It's sad. Like, that, that grace for ourselves that it's okay to be in that place where we're sad about it, where we're feeling the heartbreak of it, that we're feeling the grief about it. Like, let's have a moment to acknowledge that, like, I wish that we're different and it's okay that I wished it were different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you're human, of course. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. And it's almost like you can take, when you get the good, you take the
0: good and go, God, that was really good. And then, mm-hmm. and then that, you know, that's it.
2: Well, and it, I think this again, comes back to my favorite question that we have to ask ourselves all the time, especially right now, hopefully every day is slowing down to say, what do I need? Mm-hmm. What do I need? Like, how am I going to need to self-soothe? What do I need in terms of self-care? What do I need in terms of my body, my energy, my emotional state? Like really asking ourselves, like the kindest thing that we can do is say, what do you need? Just like you would with a friend who you know is experiencing a lot. Hey, do you need anything? What do you need? Let me know if you need anything. We have to, to say that to ourselves often. I do it daily, multiple times a day, honestly what do I need right now? Do I need to rest? Do I need to check out? Do I need to give myself permission to like binge on Netflix and not do the laundry? Do I need to get some sunshine and get out on a walk? Do I need to phone a friend, phone my therapist? Like, what is it that I need? Because when we're navigating this, again, because it's collective and because everybody's going through it, it's a little bit more challenging in that we're all kind of at the same spot. And so not everybody has all this energy to give us. Yeah, and so it, it it is going back to that self responsibility. If like if I know that I'm responsible for my own health, emotional well being, then I've got to regularly check in. What do I need? Mm-hmm. And really listen, and then honor that.
0: That's such great points and such great tools. I feel like you've just totally set us up to to go into this holiday and even the new year, and be prepared.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think what you said was so important. Like, it's not, ding, 1201, going to, like, revert back to old life on December 31st, January 1st. And I think we need to kind of go, like, okay, we're in this now, and we sort of we, we sort of know what it's like now. We've been in it long enough. But I think the biggest thing we can do is ask ourselves, like, what conversations do I need to have with the people that are going to be in my immediate environment for like expectations or agreements. Um, what do I want to feel ultimately? Like if I can wave a magic wand and think about the best case scenario and then how do I actually get to that place? What do I know that can create that for me? And then ultimately what kind of boundaries do I need going into the new year that allow for me to stay healthy and rested and all the things, like, so we can get through this next part. I wish I could say, like, oh, like, don't worry. Like, it's going to go it's away. It's going to be fine. Yeah. It's like, no, it's like we're kind of in it, and we got to plan accordingly. Yeah. And putting yourself first for the fir- maybe the first time in your life. Yeah. I think that's a huge lesson that a lot of people are learning right now. Is oh, me too. Like, okay, like, I've got to do that. Like, now or never, like, where am I at? Who am I and what do I need? Because if we ain't good, ain't
0: nobody good. That's <laughs> true. <the truth. laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Sometimes my husband walks in and he's like, "Oh. Not today, hon." I'm like, "Not today, honey. Not today." <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but like sweet Bentley, like he has the bandwidth of like a saint. Like he's so gracious and so amazing. But I tell you what, more and more, he's like, "Don't have it to give." I'm like, "Okay, I got him. Yeah. I got this." You're gonna need self reliance. <laughs> I mean, we're all feeling that. I know,
0: but totally. it, it's like what you said. I mean that that you were in that room and you had never seen such exhaustion and depletion. And oh my gosh, we've just got to pour back in, pour back into ourselves, pour back into the people around us, and you know, do what we can do.
2: Yep, it's recovery time. I mean, it really is. It's like get your water break, step off from the marathon, rehydrate, get your electrolytes figuratively, and then go back on. Like we're still in it. We've still got however much longer, you know, for this run, for this marathon – and every marathoner, like if you talk to them, they're stopping. They have to stop every so often to the pit stop to go to the bathroom, get their electrolytes up, right. eat a banana, go back out. <laughs> so we got to do the same thing. That's right.
0: So when Aunt Jenny calls you and says, I really need you to make the yeast roll rolls, you say, you know what, Aunt Jenny, I will be happy to pick up some Sister Schubert.
2: Exactly. Those are so good, by the way. I love them. Favorite. <laughs> I was going to say Pillsbury, but I, I
0: really like Sister Schubert. I prefer them. Mary, we love having you on. I swear it's just like sitting around with a girlfriend. It's so fun. And, I mean, I, I just know that people's hands are going to be smoking right all these points down that you've made today.
2: Uh, well, I'm glad we had this conversation. It's me just too. Necessary, and we're all in it, and we're all human, and we all need all the grace. Every one of us is not exempt from that. So thanks for having me back. We love you, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye.
1: Rise with Renaissance is a women's initiative that our partner, Renaissance Bank, developed to show support for women all over the South who are striving to do it all. Whether you're looking to lead, create, or grow, Rise with Renaissance mission is to support women on their journey to success. Visit risewithrenaissance.com to learn more and to read about some of the women who've inspired this initiative. Gosh, Mary is so, so good. I needed to hear that. (laughs) And we hope that this episode is going to help you throughout the holiday season. And, you know, as we say goodbye to this year and all that 2020 has given us, the global pandemic, (laughs) masks, wildfires, a heated presidential election, I mean, homeschooling, all the stuff, the junk, we hope that, you know, you'll reflect on all the good that's happened this year. Um, Courtney and I, we both talked about how much this podcast has helped us through the year. And it's been comments and it's been messages that our listeners and followers have sent to us that that really have helped us push on and press on. So thank you. Thank you all for your support this year. Um, We just want to say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We will be back. We're going to take a little break to, you know, spend the time, spend the season with our families. And we'll be back January 4th in 2021. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.